Section 88 of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume 1. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part 88. Of children sent out as street sellers by their parents. Of the boys and girls who are sent out to sell in the streets by parents who are themselves street traders, I need say but little under this head. I have spoken of them, and given some of their statements in other divisions of this work. See the accounts of the coster boys and girls. When, as is the case with many of the costermongers, and with the Irish fruit-sellers, the parents and children follow the same calling, they form one household, and work, as it were, into one another's hands. The father can buy a larger, and consequently a cheaper, quantity, when he can avail himself of a subdivision of labour as inexpensive as that of his own family, whom he must maintain, whether employed or unemployed, in order to vend such extra quantity. I have already noticed that in some families, as is common with rude tribes, costermongering seems an hereditary pursuit, and the frequent and constant employment of children in street traffic is one reason why this hereditary pursuit is perpetuated for street commerce is thus at a very early age made part and parcel of the young coster's existence and he very probably acquires a distaste for any other occupation which may entail more of restraint and irksomeness it is very rarely that a costermonger apprentices his son to any handicraft business although a daughter may sometimes be placed in domestic service the child is usually sent out to sell. There is another class of children who are sent out, as are the children of the costers, and sometimes with the same cheap and readily attained articles, oranges and lemons, nuts, chestnuts, onions, salt or fresh herrings, winks or shrimps, and more rarely with watercresses or cut flowers. Sometimes the young vendors offer small wares, leather bootlaces, coat studs, steel pens, or such like. These are often the children not of street salespeople, but of persons in a measure connected with a street life, or some open-air pursuit, the children of cabmen deprived of their licenses, or of the hangers-on of cabmen, of the supers, note, supernumeraries, end note, of the theatres, who have irregular or no employment, or as they would call it, engagement, with the unhappy consequence of irregular or no salary. The children, again, of street performers or Ethiopians or street musicians are sent out to sell, as well as those of the poorer class of labourers connected with the river, ballast-heavers, lumpers, and so on, of Irish bricklayers, labourers, and paviors' assistants, of market-porters and dock-labourers, of coal-heavers out of work, and of the helpers at coal-wharfs and at the other wharfs, of the Billingsgate roughs, and of the many classes of the labouring rather than the artisan poor, whose earnings are uncertain or insufficient, or have failed them altogether. With such classes as these, and more especially with the Irish, as soon as Pat or Biddy is big enough to carry a basket, and is of sufficiently ripened intellect to understand the relative value of coins, 
from a farthing to a shilling he or she must do something to help and that something is generally to sell in the streets one poor woman who made a scanty living in working on corn sacks and bags her infirmities sometimes preventing her working at all sent out three children together or separately to sell lucifer matches or small wares they like it she said and always want to be off in the streets and when my husband note a labourer end note was ill in the hospital the few pence they brought in was very useful but now he's well and at work again and we want to send the eldest she's nine to school but they all will go out to sell if they can get hold of any stock i would never have sent them at all if i could have helped it but if they made sixpence a day among the three of them perhaps it saved their lives when things were at their worst if a poor woman as in this instance has not been used to street selling herself there is always some neighbour to advise her what to purchase for her children's hawking and instruct her where from one little girl i had the following account she was then selling bootlaces and offered them most perseveringly she was turned nine she said and had sold things in the streets for two years past but not regularly the father got his living in the streets by playing she seemed reluctant to talk about his avocation but i found that he was sometimes a street musician or street performer and sometimes sung or recited in public houses and having seen better days had it appears communicated some feeling of dislike for his present pursuits to his daughter so that i discontinued any allusion to the subject the mother earned two shillings or two shillings and sixpence weekly in shoe-binding when she had employment which was three weeks out of four and a son of thirteen earned what was sufficient to maintain him as an occasional assistant in a wholesale pottery or rather pot-shop it's in the winter sir when things are far worst with us father can make very little then but i don't know what he earns exactly at any time and though mother has more work then there's fire and candle to pay for we were very badly off last winter and worse i think the winter before father sometimes came home and had made nothing and if mother had no work in hand we went to bed to save fire and candle if it was ever so soon father would die afore he would let mother take as much as a loaf from the parish i was sent out to sell nuts first if it's only a penny you make mother said it's a good piece of bread i didn't mind being sent out i knew children that sold things in the streets perhaps i liked it better than staying at home without a fire and with nothing to do and if i went out i saw other children busy no i wasn't a bit frightened when i first started not a bit some children but they was such little things said oh liz i wish i was you i had twelve hapeths and sold them all i don't know what it made tuppence most likely i didn't crack a single nut myself i was fond of them then but i don't care for them now i could do better if i went into public houses but i'm only let go to mr smith's because he knows father and mrs smith and him recommends me and wouldn't let any one mislest me nobody ever offered to i hear people swear there sometimes but it's not at me i sell nuts to children in the streets and laces to young women i have sold nuts and oranges to soldiers 
they never say anything rude to me never i was once in a great crowd and was getting crushed and there was a very tall soldier close by me and he lifted me basket and all right up to his shoulder and carried me clean out of the crowd he had stripes on his arm i shouldn't like you to be in such a trade says he if you was my child he didn't say why he wouldn't like it perhaps because it was beginning to rain yes we're far better off now father makes money i don't go out in bad weather in the summer in the winter though i must i don't know what i make i don't know what i shall be when i grow up i can read a little i've been to church five or six times in my life i should go oftener and so would mother if we had clothes i have no reason to suppose that in this case the father was an intemperate man though some of the parents who thus send their children out are intemperate and loving to indulge in the idleness to which intemperance inclines them are forced to live on the labour of their wives and children of a neglected child a street seller of this class perhaps there is less to be said than of others drunken parents allow their children to run about the streets and often to shift for themselves if such parents have any sense of shame unextinguished by their continued besottedness they may feel relieved by not having their children before their eyes for the very sight of them is a reproach and every rag about such helpless beings must carry its accusation to a mind not utterly callous among such children there is not perhaps that extreme pressure of wretchedness or of privation that there is among the orphans or the utterly deserted if a neglected child have to shift wholly or partly for itself it is perhaps with the advantage of a shelter for even the bare room of the drunkard is in some degree a shelter or roof there is not the nightly need of tuppence for a bed or the alternative of the adelphi arches for nothing i met with one little girl ten or eleven years of age whom some of the street sellers described to me as looking out for a job every now and then she was small-featured and dark-eyed and seemed intelligent her face and hands were brown as if from exposure to the weather and a lack of soap but her dress was not dirty her father she described as a builder probably a bricklayer's labourer but he could work she said at drains or such like mother's been dead a long time the child continued and father brought another woman home and told me to call her mother but she soon went away i works about the streets but only when there's nothing to eat at home father gets drunk sometimes but i think not so oft as he did and then he lies in bed no sir not all day but he gets up and goes out and gets more drink and comes back and goes to bed again he never uses me badly when he's drinking and has money he gives me some now and then to get bread and butter with or a halfpenny pudding he never eats anything in the house when he's drinking and he's a very quiet man sometimes he's laid in bed two or three days and nights at a time i goes to school when father has money we lives fairly well then i've kept myself for a whole week i mind people's stalls if they're away a bit or run for them if they're wanted and i go errands i've carried home flower-pots for a lady i've got a halfpenny on a day and a penny and some bread perhaps and i've lived on that i should like very well to have a pitch of my own 
i think i should like that better than a place but i have a sister who has a place in the country she's far older than i am and perhaps i shall get one but father's at work now and he says he'll take the pledge five or six times i've sold oranges and ingans as well and carried the money to mrs blank who gave me all i took above fourpence for myself it could surprise no one if a child so neglected became so habituated to a street life that she could not adapt herself to any other i heard of other children thus or similarly neglected but boys far more frequently than girls who traded regularly in apples oranges and so on on their own account some have become regular street sellers and even in childhood have abandoned their homes and supported themselves of a hired coster boy one shellfish seller who has known street commerce and street folk for many years thought although he only hazarded an opinion that there was less drinking among the young costers and less swearing than he had known in a preceding generation a young coster boy living with his parents who had a good business told me that he would never be nothing but a general dealer which among some of these people is the genteel description for a costermonger as long as he lived unless indeed he rose to a coal shed and a horse and cart a consummation perhaps with the addition of a greengrocery a fried fish and a ginger beer trade not unfrequently arrived at by the more prudent costermongers this boy could neither read nor write he had been sent to school and flogged to school note he grinned as he told me end note by his mother who said his father wouldn't have been done so often by fine folks when he sold grass note asparagus end note and such things as cost money if he could have kept count but his father only laughed and said nothing when the boy cut away from school which he did so continuously that the schoolmaster at length declined the charge of the young coster's further education this stripling who was about fourteen seemed very proud of a pair of good half-boots which his mother had bought him and which he admired continually as he glanced at his feet his parents from his account were indulgent and when they got farthings in change or in any manner kept them for him and so he got treats and smart things to wear now and then we expects to do well he said for he used the we when he spoke of his parents business when it's peas and new potatoes cheap enough to cry it's my dodge to cry i know a man as says maybunt ought to be ashamed on itself or things would have been hurlier last week i sung out it was the same man's dodge he put me up to it here's your great exhibition mackerel people laughed but it weren't no great good i've been at penny gaffs but not this goodish bit i likes the singing best as has a stunning chorus there's been a deal of hard up lately among people as is general dealers things is getting better i think and they must it wouldn't do at all if they didn't it's no use your uh, asking me about what i thinks of the queen or them sort of people for i knows nothing about them and never goes among them the hired boys for the service of the costermongers whether hired for the day or more permanently are very generally of the classes i have spoken of when the new-cut lambeth was a great street market 
every morning during the height of the vegetable and fruit seasons lads used to assemble in hooper street short street york street and indeed in all the smaller streets or courts which run right and left from the two cuts when the costermonger started thence perhaps by the first light to market these boys used to run up to his barrow do you want me jack or want a boy bill being their constant request it is now the same in the localities where the costermongers live or where they keep their ponies donkeys and barrows and whence they emerge to market it is the same at billingsgate and the other markets at which these traders make their wholesale purchases boys wait about these marts to be hired or as they may style it to see if they're wanted when hired there is seldom any wage specified the lads seeming almost willing to depend upon the liberality of the costermonger and often no doubt with an eye to the chances of bunts a sharp lad thus engaged who may acquit himself to a costermonger's liking perhaps continues some time in the same man's employ i may observe that in this gathering and for such a purpose there is a resemblance to the simple proceedings of the old times when around the market cross of the nearest town assembled the population who sought employment whether in agricultural or household labour in some parts of the north of england these gatherings are still held at the two half-yearly terms of may-day and martinmas a lad of thirteen or fourteen who did not look very strong gave me the following account i help you see sir where i can for mother who sells sheep's trotters depends a deal on her trotters but they're not great bread for an old woman and there's me and neddy to keep father's abroad and a soldier do i know he is mother says so sir i looks out every morning when the costermongers starts for the markets and wants boys for their barrows i cried roots last here's your musks halfpenny each here's your all a-growin and all a-blowin i got my grub and thruppence i takes the tin home if there's a cabbage or two left i've had it guv to me i like that work better nor school i should think so one sees life well i don't know what one sees particular but it's what people calls life i was a week at school once i had a toss-up sometimes when i had an odd copper for it i haven't had any regular work as yet i shall perhaps when it's real summer note said may the twenty-fourth end note this is the queen's birthday is it sir very likely but she's nothing to me i can't read in course not after a week's schooling yes i like the show punch is stunning but they might make more on the dog i would if i was a punch oh i has tea and bread and butter with mother and gets grub as our jobs besides i makes no bargain if a cove scaly we gets to know him i hopes to have a barrow of my own some day and perhaps a hass can i manage a hass in course and he don't want no grooming i'd go to hepsom then i've never been yet but i've been to greenwich fairs i don't know how i can get a barrow and a hass but i may have luck of an orphan boy a street seller from one of this class i had the following account it may be observed that the lad's statement contains little of incident or of novelty but this is characteristic of many of his class with many of them it may indeed be said one day certifieth another it is often the same tale of labour and of poverty day after day so that the mere uniformity 
makes a youth half oblivious of the past the months or perhaps years seem all alike this boy seemed healthy wore a suit of corduroy evidently not made for him and but little patched although old he was in good spirits i believe i'm between fifteen and sixteen he said and mother died more than two year ago nearer three perhaps father had gone dead a long time afore i don't remember him Note, i am inclined to think that this story of the death of the father is often told by the mother of an illegitimate child to her offspring through a natural repugnance to reveal her shame to her child i do not know however that it was the case in this instance End note. i don't remember about mother's funeral for i was ill myself at the time she worked with her needle sometimes for a dressmaker on skirts and sometimes for a tailor on flannels she sometimes worked all night but we were very badly off we was so she had only me when mother died there was nothing left for me but there was a good woman she was a laundress and kept a mangle and she said well here's a old basket and a few odd things give the kid the basket and turn the bits of old rags into money and let him start on muffins and then he must shift for himself so she took me to a shop and i was started in the muffin line i didn't do so bad but it's only a winter trade isn't muffins i sold creases next no not creases cherries yes it was creases and then cherries for i remembers as how ungerford was the first market i ever was at it was so since then i've sold apples and oranges and nuts and chestnuts but they was dear the last time as i had em and spring garters a penny a pair and glass pens yes and other things i goes to market mostly to common garden and there's a man goes there what buys bushels and bushels and he'll let me have any little lot reasonable he will so there's another will but he ain't so good to a poor kid well i doesn't know how one trades better nor another i think i've done as much in one as in another but i've done better lately i've sold more oranges and i had a few sticks of rhubarb i think times is mending but others says that's only my luck i sleeps with a boy as is younger nor i am and pays ninepence a week tom's father and mother he's a coal heaver but he's sometimes out of work sleeps in the same room but we has a good bed to ourselves tom's father knew my mother there's only us four tom's father says sometimes if his rheumatics continues he and all on em must go into the house most likely i should then go to a lodging-house i don't know that some on em's bad places i've heerd they was jolly i has no amusements last year i helped a man one day and he did so well on fruit he did so for he got such a early start and so cheap that he gave me threepence extra to go to the play with i didn't go i'd rather go to bed at seven every night than anywhere else i'm fond of sleep i never wakes all night i dreams now and then but i never remembers a dream i can't read or write i wish i could if it would help me on i'm making three shillings and sixpence a week now i think some weeks in winter i didn't make two shillings this boy although an orphan at a tender age was yet assisted to the commencement of a business by a friend i met with another lad who was left under somewhat similar circumstances the persons in the house where his mother had died were about to take him to the parish officers and there seemed to be no other course to be pursued to save the child then nearly twelve 
from starvation the lad knew this and ran away it was summer time about three years ago and the little runaway slept in the open air whenever he could find a quiet place want drove him to beg and several days he subsisted on one penny which he begged one day he did not find any one to give him even a halfpenny and towards the evening of the second he became bold or even desperate from hunger as if by a sudden impulse he went up to an old gentleman walking slowly in hyde park and said to him sir i've lived three weeks by begging and i'm hungering now give me sixpence or i'll go and steal the gentleman stopped and looked at the boy in whose tones there must have been truthfulness and in whose face was no doubt starvation for without uttering a word he gave the young applicant a shilling the boy began a street-seller's life on lucifer matches i had to see him for another purpose a little while ago and in the course of some conversation he told me of his start in the streets i have no doubt he told the truth and i should have given a more detailed account of him but when i inquired for him i found that he had gone to epsom races to sell cards and had not returned having probably left london on a country tour but for the old gentleman's bounty he would have stolen something he declared had it been only for the shelter of a prison of the life of an orphan girl a street seller father was a whitesmith she said and mother used to go out a washing and a cleaning and me and my sister but she is dead now did nothing we were sent to a day school both of us we lived very comfortable we had two rooms and our own furniture we didn't want for nothing when father was alive he was very fond on us both and was a kind man to everybody he was took bad first when i was very young it was consumption he had and he was ill many years about five years i think it was afore he died when he was gone mother kept us both she had plenty of work she couldn't bear the thought of our going into the streets for a living and we was both too young to get a place anywhere so we stayed at home and went to school just as when father was alive my sister died about two year and a half ago she had the scarlet fever dreadful she lay ill seven weeks we was both very fond of her me and mother i often wish she had been spared i should not be alone in the world as i am now we might have gone on together but it is dreadful to be quite alone and i often think now how well we could have done if she was alive mother has been dead just a year this month she took cold at the washing and it went to her chest she was only bad a fortnight she suffered great pain and poor thing she used to fret dreadful as she lay ill about me for she knew she was going to leave me she used to plan how i was to do when she was gone she made me promise to try to get a place and keep from the streets if i could for she seemed to dread them so much when she was gone i was left in the world without a friend i am quite alone i have no relation at all not a soul belonging to me for three months i went about looking for a place as long as my money lasted for mother told me to sell our furniture to keep me and get me clothes i could have got a place but nobody would have me without a character and i knew nobody to give me one i tried very hard to get one indeed i did for i thought of all mother had said to me about going into the streets at last when my money was just gone i met a young woman in the street and i asked her to tell me where i could get a lodging she told me to come with her she would show me a respectable lodging-house for women and girls 
I went, and I have been there ever since. The women in the house advised me to take to flower-selling, as I could get nothing else to do. One of the young women took me to market with her, and showed me how to bargain with the salesman for my flowers. At first, when I went out to sell, I felt so ashamed I could not ask anybody to buy of me, and many times went back at night with all my stock, without selling one bunch. The woman at the lodging-house is very good to me, and when I have a bad day, she will let my lodging go until I can pay her. She always gives me my dinner, and a good dinner it is, of a Sunday, and she will often give me a breakfast when she knows I have no money to buy any. She is very kind indeed, for she knows I am alone. I feel very thankful to her, I am sure, for all her goodness to me. During the summer months I take one shilling and sixpence per day, which is sixpence profit, but I can only sell my flowers five days in the week. Mondays there is no flowers in the market, and of the sixpence a day I pay threepence for lodging. I get a halfpenny worth of tea, a halfpenny worth of sugar, one pound of bread, a penny halfpenny, butter, a halfpenny. I never taste meat, but on Sunday. What I shall do in the winter I don't know. In the cold weather last year, when I could get no flowers, I was forced to live on my clothes. I have none left now but what I have on. What I shall do I don't know. I can't bear to think on it. Of Two Runaway Street Boys I endeavoured to find a boy or girl who belonged to the well-educated classes, had run away, and was now a street-seller. I heard of boys of this class, one man thought he knew five, and was sure of four, who now lived by street-selling, my informant believed, without having any recourse to theft. But all these boys were absent. They had not returned from Epsom, or had not returned to their usual haunts, or else they had started for their summer's excursion into the country. Many a street-seller becomes as weary of town after the winter as a member of Parliament who sits out a very long session and the moment the weather is warm and seems settled, they are off into the country. In this change of scene there is the feeling of independence, of freedom. They are not tied to their work, and this feeling has perhaps even greater charms for the child than the adult. The number of lads of a well-educated class who support themselves by street selling is not large. I speak of those whom I have classed as children under fifteen years of age. If a boy run away, scared and terrified by the violence of a parent, or maddened by continuous and sometimes excessive severity, the parent often feels compunction, and I heard of persons being sent to every lodging-house in London, and told to search every dry arch to bring back a runaway. On these occasions the street-sellers willingly give their aid. I have even heard of women, whose degradation was of the lowest, exerting themselves in the recovery of a runaway child, and that often unsolicited, and as often unrecompensed. The children who are truants through their own vicious or reckless propensities, or through the inducements of their seniors, become far more frequently thieves or lurkers, rather than street-sellers. As to runaway girls of a well-educated class and under fifteen, I heard of none who were street-sellers. I now give instances of two runaway lads who have been dishonest and honest. 
the one when he told me his history was a slim and rather tall young man of twenty-three or twenty-four with a look speech and air anything but vulgar he was the son of a wealthy jeweller in a town in the west of england and ran away from home with an adult member of his father's establishment who first suggested such a course taking with them money and valuables they came to london and the elder thief retaining all the stolen property at once abandoned the child then only ten and little and young-looking for his age he fell into the hands of some members of the swell mob and became extremely serviceable to them he was dressed like a gentleman's son and was innocent-looking and handsome his appearance when i saw him showed that this must have been the case as regards his looks he lived with some of the swell mobsmen then a more prosperous people than they are now in a good house in the southwark bridge road the women who resided with the mobsmen were especially kind to him he was well fed well lodged well clad and petted in everything he was called the kid a common slang name for a child but he was the kid he went to work in regent street or wherever there were most ladies and his appearance disarmed suspicion he was moreover highly successful in church and chapel practice at length he became spotted the police got to know him and he was apprehended tried and convicted he was however he believed through the interest of his friends of whose inquiries concerning him he had heard but of that i know nothing sent to the philanthropic asylum then in st george's road here he remained the usual time then left the place well clothed and with a sum of money and endeavoured to obtain some permanent employment in this endeavour he failed whether he exerted himself strenuously or not i cannot say but he told me that the very circumstance of his having been in the philanthropic was fatal to his success his character and recommendations necessarily showed where he had come from and the young man as he then was became a beggar his chief practice was in screeving or writing on the pavement perhaps some of my readers may remember having noticed a wretched-looking youth who hung over the words i am starving chalked on the footway on the surrey side of waterloo bridge he lay huddled in a heap and appeared half dead with cold and want his shirtless neck and shoulders being visible through the rents in his thin jean jacket shoe or stocking he did not wear this was the rich jeweller's son until he himself told me of it and he seemed to do so with some sense of shame i could not have believed that the well-spoken and well-looking youth before me was the piteous object i had observed by the bridge what he is doing now i am unable to state another boy who thought he was not yet fifteen though he looked older gave me the following account he was short but seemed strong and his career so far is chiefly remarkable for his perseverance exercised as much perhaps from insensibility as from any other quality he was sufficiently stupid if he had parents living he said he didn't know nothing about them he had lived and slept with an old woman who said she was his grandmother and he'd been told that 
she weren't no relation he didn't trouble himself about it she sold lucifer boxes or any trifle in the streets and had an allowance of two shillings weekly but from what quarter he did not know about four years ago he was run over by a cab and was carried to the workhouse or the hospital he believed it was clerkenwell workhouse but he weren't sure when he recovered and was discharged he found the old woman was dead and a neighbour went with him to the parish officers by whom as well as i could understand him he was sent to the workhouse after some inquiry he was soon removed to norwood on my asking if he meant norwood he replied no norwood and there he was with a number of other children with a mr horbin he did not know how long he was there and he didn't know as he had anything much to complain of but he ran away he ran away because he thought he would and he believed he could get work at paper staining he made his way to smithfield near where there was a great paper stainer's but he could not get any work and he was threatened to be sent back as they knew from his dress that he had run away he slept in smithfield courts and alleys fitting himself into any covered corner he could find the poor women about were kind to him and gave him pieces of bread some knew that he had run away from a workhouse and was all the kinder the first bruns as ever i yearned he said was from a drover he was a-going into the country to meet some beasts and had to carry some passels for somebody down there they wasn't heavy but they was awkward to grip his old woman look out for a young cove to help her old man and saw me first so she calls me and i gets the job i give the greatest of satisfaction and I had sixpence give me for jim the drover was well paid as they was valuable passels and he said he'd taken the greatest of care on em and had engaged a poor lad to help him on his return the child slept in a bed in a house near gray's inn lane for the first time since he had run away he believed about a fortnight he persevered in looking out for odd jobs without ever stealing though he met some boys who told him he was a fool not to prig i used to carry his tea from his old woman he went on to old cove as had a stunning pitch of fruit in the city road but my best friend was stumpy he had a beautiful crossing as a sweeper then but he's dead now and buried as well i used to talk to him and whistle i can just whistle Note, here he whistled loud and shrill to convince me of his perfection in that street accomplishment end note, and to dance in the double shuffle note, he favoured me with a specimen of that dance end note, and he said i interested him well he meant he liked it i suppose when he went to rest hisself for he soon got tired over his drop of beer to his grub i had his crossing and his broom for nothing one boy used to say to Stumpy, I'll give you a penny for your crossing, while you's grubbing. But I had it for nothing, and had all I earned. Sometimes a penny, sometimes tuppence, but only once thrumpence halfpenny. I've been helping old Bill with his summer cabbages and flowers, cauliflowers, and now he's on live heels. I can sing him out prime, but you heard me. I has my bit of grub with him, and a few browns, and old Bill and young Bill too, says I shall have better to do, but I can't until peace i sleeps in a loft with ampers which is old bill's a stunning good bed i've cried for and helped other costers stumpy sent me to em i think he's been one hisself but i was always on the lookout i'll go for some bunts soon 
i don't know what i shall do time to come i never thinks on it i could read middlin and can a little now but i'm out of practice i have given this little fellow's statement somewhat fully for i believe he is a type of the most numerous class of runaway urchins who ripen so to speak into costermongers after helping that large body of street traders i heard of one boy who had been discharged from brixton and had received sixpence to begin the world with as it was his first offence on his way back to london being called upon suddenly as soon as he had reached the new cut then the greatest of all the street markets to help a costermonger this gave the boy a start and he had since lived honestly End of section 88